Welcome to Ram Radio. This podcast is dedicated to sharing the latest news in the Fort Smith art scene. Reporting to you from the beautiful downtown Fort Smith at 1601 Rogers Avenue, where we make it our priority to foster art appreciation through diverse exhibitions, educational programming, dynamic events, and cultural partnerships. Today we will be speaking with Edward C. Robison III. Edward is the mastermind behind the exhibit currently on view in Gallery 1 here at the museum titled The Nature of Photography from Traditional to Augmented Reality. We also have in our gift shop three of Edward's books for sale, all of which also have augmented reality incorporated into their pages. This exhibit will be on view now through September 1st, 2019. Tell me a bit about yourself. Well, I'm Edward Robison. Uh, <laughs> I was born in Warrensburg, Missouri, which is just east of Kansas City, and grew up there and went to school at the University of Kansas for about two years and then transferred to the Kansas City Art Institute and got a degree, Bachelor of Fine Arts in Photography from Kansas City Art Institute. Pretty much just uh, followed my, my dream of being a photographer. My wife and son, my wife is an artist as well. She does pop surrealism paintings a lot of uh, personal narrative themes, and my son does uh, design and photography and used to do a lot of circus arts and now a lot of dance, ballroom dance, and piano. Your exhibit here at RAM, it's photography. How long have you been interested in photography? What, what got you interested in it? I was doing probably in like third grade. I My parents did some sort of like, I don't know, magazine subscription or something, and they got a, a camera a really cheap camera, but I thought it was great at the time. And uh, I uh, took that to school and took a bunch of pictures on a school field trip. And I remember uh, actually taking a bunch of pictures on the school field trip. And while nobody had told me anything about film or anything like that, and I was, I would open it occasionally to check to make sure it was advancing <laughs> and everything. And so obviously, you know, like only a quarter of the roll turned out the rest was over exposed because it had been <laughs> opened and so was that when you decided you wanted to make a, a career out of <laughs> no not at all actually <laughs> i thought oh maybe i shouldn't do that uh no i didn't actually even think about it really but i enjoyed enjoyed having the camera and then in high school uh i was doing a lot of painting uh, uh art painting and um mostly oil painting and i thought maybe i'd do uh, uh oil painting but i was doing photorealism and just really focusing on a lot of details, like, like like sharp details and things like that. And I took some photography classes and really liked it, but I thought more it was more just fun. And I knew I didn't really like taking pictures of people, and so I didn't really know, you know, what there was to do with photography. Um, but by the time I was ready to graduate, I realized that photography was what I wanted to do. And so at that point, I had just gotten into the University of Kansas and they stuck me in the photojournalism department. And I didn't, didn't realize I didn't have any other photography <laughs> department at the time. Really liked it, but it was, it was more just fun. And then, yeah, so I uh, got into the University of Kansas in the photojournalism department. And I knew right away that it's not the kind of photography I wanted to do. Uh, um, I, like I said, I don't really like to photograph people. Mm -hmm. I, I like static objects and um, still lives and nature and right. And so I basically took all the photography classes I could at the University of Kansas, and then 
knew that I had to transfer somewhere else if I wanted to get a degree in photography. So that's when I started looking for other schools and uh, ultimately transferring to the Kansas City Art Institute and getting my bachelor's there. So that actually brings me to my next question. Uh, I've noticed that a lot of your work is landscapes and nature. Is there a reason that that's your favorite? Is, is, it, is there something special about it? Yes. Yeah, so um, when I grew up in Warrensburg, uh, my parents uh, had about, I don't know, 60 some acres uh, with a creek running through it. And I spent most of my childhood exploring the woods and fields around the house and hunting and fishing. And my dad, one of his hobbies was to go hunting and fishing. And we'd go hunting in Kansas every year, pheasant hunting or dove or quail. And, <laughs> uh, and I'd the hunting part I wasn't as excited about, and I realized later uh, in college that um, the part that my dad went for wasn't necessarily the hunting as much as more of just getting out in nature and walking the fields and just getting away from everything, mm-hmm. and that was the part that I liked about it, and I thought, you know, photography is great, or nature photography is great because it's kind of like hunting, sort of. You know, you're getting out in nature and you're enjoying nature but instead of, you know, having to shoot animals or or capture animals uh, that I may not end up eating <laughs> at some point. Uh, uh, I could capture images. Um, so you both were hunting for something. Yes. Just something a little bit different. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Have there been any major influences or experiences in your life that really swayed you towards augmented reality, which is currently on display here at RAM? Ooh, jumping ahead to the augmented reality. <laughs> Let's see here. Um well, so how I got into the augmented reality stuff, uh, I uh, by the year 2014, I had amassed uh, quite a bit of images of the Ozarks because I really like photographing the Ozarks and uh, the wilderness areas around here. And I wanted to do a book about the Ozarks, um, a picture book. But at that time, I you know, cell phones were already popular and people were sharing images online. And I thought, man, are people even really buying picture books anymore or, you know or books dying and should I even do a book? But I, well, you know, I like books and I like the tactile quality of books. And, and so I was really debating about that. And at the same time I had started doing time-lapse photography. Uh, I've been doing it for about a year or two before that, but, uh, and I was thinking, oh man, it'd be cool to somehow incorporate, you know, time-lapse with still photographs in a book. And about that time, my son had a, uh, smartphone app um it was a very early augmented reality smartphone app where you basically print off a black and white qr code which is essentially just a kind of like a barcode and when you pointed your device at it a little character would pop up on the ground wherever you put your piece of paper that had the the code on it would pop up in three dimensions and you could kind of poke it and it would bounce <laughs> bounce around <laughs> and stuff and it looked like it was there and so i did, started doing some research on that technology and it was really new like nobody was using it um and at that time, there was pretty much only two books out there that were augmented reality. And one was a uh, kid's dinosaur book where dinosaurs popped up out of the page and kind of walked across it. And another one was a uh, ghost story book where it looked like ghosts kind of flowed across the page. And so I found I wanted to do my own app, but I, I did not have any skills to do that. And, and so I did a Kickstarter campaign to raise money to produce the book itself because printing coffee table books is, is an expensive uh, venture. And and I found a app by HP called Erasma that you could basically use video and some real rudimentary 3D models and create an augmented reality experience where you point the app at the, the page and it would do essentially what I wanted to do. 
um, but it was really not user friendly. And so I, um, I produced that book and it, it was a huge success. And I got, of course, funded on Kickstarter completely, which was great. And, um, is there a place that anyone can purchase? It that is now? sold out and I am oh, not, no. <laughs> not producing another run of that book. You sold me on it and now I can't buy <laughs> one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. I have two new little postcard books that uh have a lot of the images from that book in them um but so that book uh there was about i think 70 images in the book in total uh, of the ozarks and about i'd say 40 of them were interactive and uh, i had like a little symbol in the bottle bottom corner of the images that said whether it was interactive or not but um i realized after watching people interact with the book and everything that it really needed to just be all augmented reality because people got really disappointed when <laughs> they go through the book and they get to a page where there wasn't an interactive image and they would just be like well some people would just be like oh and just <laughs> pass it by this one's not interactive you know so uh all my future books were are fully interactive now interactive on each page yeah but less images but but more yeah but all interactive that's cool so you say you didn't have any skills at the time but it seems like you have a pretty firm grasp on how it works now did you take any education courses did you teach yourself or how did that go oh wow uh (laughs) it has been a tough journey (laughs) so after that book came out I pretty much became a support hotline for people trying to get the book to work. And HP, with their app, you had to basically, as a a user wanting to to view my book, you had to create an account and then you had to follow my account and then you would then get access to the content. And for the average user who most people had never even heard of augmented reality at that time, because pretty much nobody did except for, you know, niche markets. So I had to basically teach everybody how to download this app and do that. And uh, it was difficult. And I realized quickly that I definitely needed to build my own app. And then three years went by (laughs) where I uh, learned a lot about game development. And uh, I basically watched a bunch of YouTube videos and how to build apps and taught myself how to do that. And the first app, which is for my Eureka Springs book, which is fully interactive book and is still available. For that one, it took me a long time to build the app and learn how to do it and a lot of sleepless nights. And uh, and I had to not only learn about game development, I wanted to have a lot more 3D models. My very first book, the, the one I did on Kickstarter, there was only two 3D models in the book and they were really rough and I really liked there's this technique called photogrammetry where you can capture images all around a subject and then build a 3D model, a lifelike, accurate 3D model of that object. And so I wanted to incorporate a lot of these. I'd been capturing a lot of these photogrammetric models, uh, and I wanted to incorporate a lot of those into the books. And so I had to learn that technique better, and I had to learn a, a 3D modeling program called Blender, which is a very vast difficult program to learn and then I had to learn how to build the app and then how to uh how to learn Xcode uh for Apple development and uh how to upload stuff to app stores and Google Play Store and all that. So the uh that first the Eureka Springs book, the Apple app worked great and that was functioning really well and people could just download the app, literally open it up, point at the page and everything came to life, which was great. And then 
I had some major difficulties with getting it to the Google store and only the only the 3D models will work. The video didn't work and it's still that way right now. But now I know how to fix that. I just haven't had, had the time to do that. And so for this show and uh, these postcard books I just did, I built a new app for this project. And this time Apple has changed all their policies on how apps are built. And I'm having a really hard time getting it approved by Apple and I haven't had any problems with Google. So oh it's like, gosh. so I'm having to learn Never a bunch ending. of new stuff. And that's actually some, yeah, software bugs and things that are like well beyond my knowledge set. <laughs> so the pieces that you have in this uh, exhibit that have augmented reality incorporated in them, did you take those images with augmented reality in mind or did you incorporate that later? So yeah, one of the things I was going to actually uh, talk about and demonstrate at my lecture tonight <laughs> is uh, kind of that progression. And so I set up the show, basically if you enter on the left side of the show, it starts with my early um, film and four by five work and then as you progress around you go to kind of the, the middle big room is all stuff shot on digital and then once you start to go into the kind of the, if you're going into the last room that's all augmented reality and so the first image in that set is an image i captured on four by five film in 1998 and of uh, the glory hole which is at the buffalo river mm-hmm. and it's just a really cool location and i the image I captured was was made in the winter and there's a rainbow going through the waterfall. It looks like the waterfall is kind of coming out of this rainbow and I, it's always been one of my favorite images. And I thought, man, it'd be really cool to create an augmented reality experience of that. So for the first um, Ozark Landscapes book, I actually went back to Glory Hole at the exact same time of the year trying to capture a video of that waterfall. And I was successful in that. And so the first book actually just has a video so when you look at the image in augmented reality, the video plays of the rainbow with the waterfall coming out of it. And then for the new experience, I actually went back um, just a few months ago and created a 3D model of the whole entire bluff and bluff line. And then took that video and made it a video texture in the 3D model of the waterfall. And so now when you look at the piece, you can walk from side to side and you can see inside the whole bluff line and everything. It's fully three-dimensional. And so it just took it a step further. But so when I captured that image in 1998, I had, I mean, augmented reality, cell phones. I mean, there wasn't even an iPhone yet, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, so I never imagined that's what I'd be doing now. Uh, I actually thought I'd still be shooting four by five film and <laughs> and I thought digital s- sucked at that time. So you had no idea where you no. were heading into, <laughs> what you were getting yourself exactly. into. Exactly. <laughs> but so nowadays, actually, every almost every image I capture, I think about what would be a cool interactive thing for that if I ever make it an interactive piece. So I try to also capture some sort of content to go along with it. So I've got, you know, a still image that's kind of the art piece and then try to create the content to go with it. How long did it take you to make the entire exhibit? Is this all is this all of your augmented reality pieces or is this just a Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no, so the uh exhibit actually all the augmented reality pieces um almost all of them I already had hanging in my gallery uh in Eureka Springs um and they were you know for sale there and that's all I pretty much show in the gallery is augmented reality pieces because mm-hmm. my gallery is not nearly as big as this museum. <laughs> um, and so actually all the other pieces, except for the darkroom prints, I, I made custom for this show. And it took me probably because uh, I do all the printing. I do all the framing. I'm a do-it-yourself 
type of guy. Yeah. Uh, it took probably four months to four months build all the pieces. I mean, in addition to doing all my other normal work. What would you say was were some of the hardships and some of your favorite parts of getting this exhibit put together for us? Well, hardships are easy. That's <laughs> that's building apps and getting them approved by the app store. The app, I'm yeah. still waiting on a review from the Apple App Store to get my app approved by Apple. It's up and live on the Google Play Store. Um, but I have been having an, a nightmare of a problem getting uh, Apple's approval this time since they changed some of their policies. So that has been a lot of uh, sleepless nights over the past couple weeks. <laughs> and then the good parts of putting the show together is always I love creating large pieces and finishing a large piece even if it's a lot of work to build it and frame it and all that just seeing a finished piece that's like eight foot or larger is (laughs) is really always just amazing um and and neat to see it hanging somewhere yeah so those of you listening the first thing you'll see when you come into the gallery is a rather large augmented reality piece it's it's absolutely beautiful in fact we actually have two ipads at the front desk that uh, if you can't get the application on your own iphone uh, we have ipads at the front that can be checked out for that yes uh that piece in the entrance is uh approximately five foot by ten foot And uh, I, say, I didn't know the exact dimensions, but it's pretty large. Yeah, and the biggest piece in the show is actually on the uh, on the the back room, and it's um, four foot by twelve foot. What would you like the viewers of your work here to get out of their experience? Uh, I definitely want the viewers to, you know, experience the augmented reality stuff because it's definitely uh, you know a very interactive new way to experience art and be able to see more than just. Um, you know, more than just the image that's on the wall, it's taking it to a whole nother level. Actually, when I, I sold my first Ozark Landscapes book, uh, it would be interesting to see when I was selling it myself at like a show or something, it'd be interesting to see people's reaction. And a lot of times, you know, younger people would be just like, oh my gosh, this is so cool, you know, and immediately pulling out their phones and even especially young kids. And then older folks, especially the oldest generation, a lot of times would be like, honey, you don't need to be doing all this fancy stuff. Your pictures are just fine on their own. And I'm like, it's just a little extra something, you know, to, to check out and, and enjoy along with the piece. It's not like, you know, right. replacing it. And so in addition to, uh, you know, just making a more immersive experience with my art, I really want to inspire people to spend more time in nature and and explore places and just get out and, and see things and um, I actually, one of my favorite things about this exhibit is that it's actually, because it's so interactive, it is very appealing to a younger audience, which is really difficult in today's day and age to get our youth involved in the art world. So I think it's really great that you're doing this, and it's it's really helpful to get the young people in here. Great, thank you. Backing up a bit from the exhibit itself and more about your personal preferences, I'm curious to know if you've had what your favorite experience in photography has been whether it's something you photographed or a place that you've been well my favorite part about nature photography um besides just getting outdoors and spending time in nature is is the adventure and the um exploring new places and uh i think if i was born in an earlier generation i probably would have been one of those people that you know kind of explored the u.s and and the unexplored territories and documented those 
it's getting more and more difficult as people's use of the internet and and just the uh, availability of finding out about locations has happened, uh, like with Instagram and you know, and just Facebook sharing and everything, to photograph somewhere that nobody's been before and photograph it in a new way that nobody's looked at it, you know. It used to be like in, in 90, 1997, 98, when I would go photograph, I'd pour over books and magazines and things and try to find unique locations um, that were out of the way and then, you know, get there in good light and all that. And and it was, I wouldn't say easy, but it was definitely easier to find locations nobody had been and nobody had photographed and just was fresh and new and people would see and go wow where's that or you know i'd love to go you know see that and nowadays there is very few places in the u.s anyway that you can go that somebody hasn't been and already photographed to death and posted and Mm -hmm. um there was a piece i wanted to do for the show that i didn't actually get done uh it was going to be a final piece in the show that was uh kind of a piece about that which I don't want to give too many details because I'm still going to do it but, uh, but anyway uh, but it was is more of a conceptual piece about that um, but yeah so my favorite I, I've had a lot of amazing experiences uh, and, and seen some just incredible um, landscape and nature and uh, I mean hiking the Nepali coast in Kauai is, was amazing I spent some time in the Grand Canyon actually I, fin- I spent a couple weeks at Havasupai village in in the Grand Canyon and, and repelled through some canyons there. That was amazing. Um, just got to do a lot of uh, incredible things and see some amazing places. Sounds like you've had a lot of wonderful experiences in your lifetime. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I definitely enjoy what I'm doing and uh, enjoying what I'm doing. I hope that also inspires people to, you know, live more of an authentic life of what they want to do. Um, and uh, follow their passions as well because it feels really good to live a life that you really want to live and do what you want to do. Well, Edward, I just have one more question for you. I'm curious if you have any other fun projects or anything else currently in the works, perhaps on your website or in your gallery in Eureka Springs. Um, As far as personal projects go, not a lot at the moment. I mean, I've got some concept ideas for some new pieces and stuff but uh i'm not going to talk about those (laughs) (laughs) Um, but a couple projects i am working on um my wife and i have been doing the uh, tv commercials for eureka springs for the last year or so really yeah which has been uh, a fun challenge and has definitely upped my game in video and just uh 3d modeling and other things um and so right now I'm working on a uh, 360 interactive tour of parks and mountain biking trails uh, in Eureka Springs because we just got a bunch of new mountain biking trails and we want to showcase those. So I'm building kind of a, a, a virtual tour on steroids of, of uh, 360 video and stills uh, that will showcase those areas. And do you know when anyone can expect to see any of this? Um, that should be done this fall or by winter for sure. At least I'm supposed to have it done then. <laughs> uh, it's it's a pretty big undertaking, and uh, it'll take some time to put it together. But I think it's going to be an amazing um, project for the city, and we'll bring a lot of people in. And, uh, and it gets me out exploring the areas around Eureka Springs and and seeing all the new trails and everything, which, you know, then goes hand-in-hand hand with the work I'm already doing and gives me new places to go back to for my own personal work. 
can't wait to see that. Uh, everyone, keep your eyes out for that. Well, Edward, thank you so much for coming out. I appreciate it. And uh, for anyone who hasn't yet come to the show, it's going to be on view in Gallery 1 until September 1st, 2019. Thank you. everyone that seems to be a wrap for today thank you so much for tuning in and an extra special thank you to all of our donors sponsors volunteers and supporters for everything you do for this museum events like this exhibit or even programs like this podcast would not be possible without you if you liked this episode please do us a favor and rate us or leave any suggestions you may have on how we can improve this is missy marketing coordinator at the fort smith regional art museum signing off (laughs) 